Thanks for joining us today as you listen to a portion of a message recorded at Vine Life Church in Boulder, Colorado. If you'd like to connect with us further, you can visit us online at www.vinelife.com. I was really encouraged uh, to listen back even this last Sunday. For those of you guys who were here Memorial Day weekend, it's a beautiful time as, as Mike and Bob led the community through an exercise of just remembering those, remembering those who have, um, who have either maybe walked, out of, walked away from relationship with Jesus or those who have yet to be, yet to be introduced to Jesus. And there was a, a moment of time where everybody wrote names on cards and, uh, and brought them in front of the cross and were able to pick those up and, and just remember to pray for them. And the, kind of the challenge was to continue to pray for those names for this next month. And I just want to encourage you, encourage us, um, to continue to pray for those who have yet to meet Jesus, those who have fallen away from Jesus even, those who are just unaware of the, the proximity of how close Jesus actually is, and they've, they've, they've lost sense of the, uh, how close and how near his presence actually is. So let's continue to pray, pray for the people around us. And, and this morning, I, I want to kind of continue um, in a same, similar vein of just of prayer and intercession. I believe that there's something that the, the Lord is wanting to lead us into as we've been talking and praying as a leadership team. We, bought, we felt this is a really good movement for us as we come into the summer. Um, you see this graphic uh, on the screens. This is Loving on Location. And, and what we're doing is we're going to be talking about the practice of prayer walking. And we'll talk a little bit specifically about what that means. What I do love today is Pentecost Sunday. The gift of the Holy Spirit was given to us. And... Um, do you, guys, do you guys believe that the, the Holy Spirit has been poured out to us? And I love this in, in Acts. It says in the last days, <clears throat> I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters will prophesy. And young men will see visions, and old men will dream dreams. And there's, there's young men, there's old, there's old men in this room, there's young women, there's old women in this room. We're all here, and so we all get a gift this morning from the Holy Spirit. I thought you'd be encouraged, though, one of our young ones had an encounter like this. Do you guys actually believe that kids hear from the Lord? Do you believe that kids can have visions and dream dreams? Of several weeks back, uh, one of the children had a, a, a vision during, during a, a night of worship, during a, a conference that we were hosting. I want to show you this video, and when, I want, want you to see if you sense the Spirit of Christ and the Holy Spirit in this moment. Check this out. Um, last night when I was worshiping, I like, there was lights up on stage, and they kind of caught my attention as I was dancing, so I sat down and watch them. Then I closed my eyes and I got like this vision that was kind of like a video. So first, it was all dark and you could barely make out these dark fists pounding on the people um, on the ground. And, and then the, all of a sudden the fists go away and little parts of light from the sun come into view but just the outsides and as this person comes closer um it's a man you can see that it's a man 
who is blocking the sun, but as he comes more closer, more light comes out, you can see me on his back with a spear in his back. And that represents, like, I thought maybe, like, destroying fear and sin. So, and then when I got down there, we looked up at the sun, and God's face was, like, just above the sun. And he was smiling. As you watched more, you could see his hands come out of the sides of the sun, and they had bread and wine for communion. And on his other hand, it was like this glass you use for wine, except the top part was bigger. And there was like ice cream, then whipped cream, and a cherry on top. And that was my vision. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Man, it's always a word from the Lord when communion turns into an ice cream sundae at the very end. I'll take it. I receive Jesus. That's good. The Lord, and that, that's the thing is, that's the heart, the reason I show you that video. Uh, I, I, can we just be reminded that the environment we're, we're creating in our homes, the environment we're creating even for our children as they're sharing that space downstairs is one that creates expectation for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, that creates expectation that we get to do these things, we get to hear from God, we get to pray with Him, we get to listen to Him, and we get to be people empowered by the Holy Spirit to live the kind of life that Jesus lived, yeah? So thank you, Jesus. Um, let's do this. If you have your Bibles, turn to Joshua chapter 1. Um, as the Holy Spirit was poured out, as, as he would start to uh, give young men visions and old men dreams, as, as, as the early church was starting to form, um, it was for the sake of empowerment, so that the places that they went uh, were uh, loaded with blessing. It says this in Acts 1.8, but you will receive power and the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and all Samaria and to the end of the earth. And so the purpose of the empowerment of the Holy Spirit as he comes upon us is not for good worship services, though we love good worship services. We love it. I love it. This is great. But ultimately, it's, it's to be filled with a vision and a heart that involves the people that God loves beyond our small circle of influence right here. Come on, somebody say amen to that. And so it starts in this, you know, the scripture talks about Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria. It's like Boulder and Colorado and United States and the ends of the earth. And so life in the Holy Spirit always, always should involve an expanded view of the, of the heart of God for the rest of the world. And that's where he's leading us. And that's what he's continuing to, to stir in our hearts. And, and that's what we're praying for. God, make us that type of people. Make us that type of people who are change makers, God. Make us that type of me people who live as witnesses, who live as if, as if we've seen something that is extraordinary, who live as if what, what happened at the resurrection actually means something for the lives that we live here today, and it means something for our future on this earth and in heaven. And we thank you, God, that you're making us witnesses. And so as we're filled with this vision for expansion, for the whole world to know the blessing and the goodness of God, sometimes, though, we're left with that question. I don't know if you've ever been left with that question. It's like, man, that's awesome, but where do I start? Where do I go? How, who, where, when, when do I get to start? Where do I start? Who, who am I going to? 
How is it that I start to live as a witness? And sometimes it, I don't know about you, it feels a little bit overwhelming sometimes. Man, you're reading the same news reports I am of the stuff happening in London and stuff happening in Manchester. All around the world, there's swirls and pockets of, of things that are happening and, and our hearts are swelling and breaking. We're praying prayers, God, let your glory be known all around the world. But we have to remember that that, that the places we get to start are the places where our feet tread right now. The places we start are the places where our feet occupy right here and now. So let's, um, let's hop into this, this passage in, in Joshua chapter 1. You guys have your Bibles? That was super convincing. Hey, iPads count, iPhones count. You guys going to make me work for this one today? Is that what we're doing here? Okay. Okay. Hey, thanks. Joshua chapter 1. Let's do let's stand together and read this. We need some blood and blood flowing in this place. It says this. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving them to the people of Israel. Every place, come on somebody say it with me, every place, say it. That the sole of your foot will tread upon I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites and the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right Hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded to you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Amen. Take a seat. I love this passage. I love it. This is a passage that many of us know is Yahweh leading his people into a new existence, into a new place, into this land of promise. And it was a place that he was, it was a specific geography he was bringing to them because he was wanting to bring them into a place of promise, rest, and blessing, and assurance. Not to just bask in the blessing, but their call was to be blessed so that they could be a blessing, right? And so God was leading. He had given this vision. I got this land for you. Go into this land. And, but he had, to, he had to reaffirm this promise with this encouragement that kind of served as a foundation he had to over and over tell Joshua, listen, do not, do not be afraid, though. 
And the reason he had to tell him, do not be afraid, because part of the deal was God said, listen, I have this land for you, but listen, I'm not kicking out the enemies. You're the one who has to kick out the enemies. You're the one who has to go into the land and actually do some of the work, right? And so I have this land prepared for you. I have this place prepared for you. Um, uh, but I'm not going to tell you what entirely it's like and what you're about to encounter. I'm just going to let you know that everywhere you go, I'm going to be with you. So you have to imagine that was probably really good news for Joshua when God says, hey, listen, every step you take, every step, every step the sole of of your foot treads, I will be with you. That land is yours. And can you imagine what that must have been like for Joshua, just loaded with uncertainty? He's kind of stepping into this new position of leadership. And all, all he knows is, okay, there's enemies. That's all I know. But But the promise of God for me now is every time my step moves forward, every piece of land I touch, the promise of God is going to be with me and for me for breakthrough, for blessing, for rest, uh, for a a new way forward for the people of God. And that was super good news because if you were just imagining what it must have been like, your mind could have gone a lot of places. And I just, I'm just wondering what... What if you knew that every place that your feet tread was blessed? What if you knew that your only way forward, if you knew nothing else about the rest of your life, what if you knew that, you, that every place, every new place that the Lord would lead you, whatever place your foot landed on, was loaded with the power and the strength and the breakthrough of the Holy Spirit in your life? And that's a really good question. What if that's all you had? What if that's all you had to go off of? I don't know anything else. I just know that if I walk over there, God is walking with me. That's a really good question, right? Sometimes that happens. I, I was talking with my friend David from Costa Rica, one of my, one of my great friends. He's staying with us right now in our home, his whole family. And he was telling me about his mother recently. Um, left Costa Rica with a team, and they went to... Uh, on a ministry trip, trip to North Korea. Just, a, you know, a lighthearted trip to North Korea. Right? Um, anybody been to North Korea here? Yeah. And so he's telling me that, that once a year, North Korea opens up their borders. This is once a year. Uh, they open it up to the rest of the world for a marathon that happens. It's the only way in uh, to the country uh, from, from the rest of the world. And they, they, just, they roll out this big parade to talk about North Korea, and they welcome racers from all over the world. And so this whole team of believers in Costa Rica said, this is our chance, right? And so they decided to go to North Korea and run a marathon. And what you need to know about North Korea is there's not a lot of options if you're going there to do ministry, Right? It's not the trip where you're taking Instagram photos with, like, little kids in Africa, right? Or you're, you know, or you're, um, you're, you're doing crusades, you're hosting nights of worship, right? Th- that doesn't happen in North Korea. Like, they watch you. They monitor, t- they monitor you. There, there's guards that are literally with you all the time. They have cameras in your room. You can't even do the sign of the cross without being caught. And so they're there, and, and really their only option when they're in North Korea is to walk 
to listen, to pay attention, to discern, to be curious about what's happening, and to trust that the Spirit of the living God inside of them is affecting change even as they walk the land. And that's what was happening. They couldn't pray in public. They had to have code words to even talk to each other so that they knew that they could join together and unify around certain prayer points as they were tour this land. They weren't allowed to show emotions if things broke their heart um, because they didn't want to send the wrong message to the North Koreans. The only real chance they had to do anything declarative is during the marathon as they would run. And so there's a few of them that came to just par- participate in the crowd. As the crowd would cheer, they had a chance, they had a moment in time as the crowd would cheer that they could actually lift their voice and start declaring the praises of God. So as they're, as they're running or as they're on the sidelines, people will start to cheer. And they're like, woo, blessing in the name of Jesus, right? And I, I imagine they were just declaring the purposes of God in just a brief moment while it was incognito, right? And, I, I, and, and towards the end of the trip, you know, as they spent time here, and that's all they were able to do. They were able to walk and able to run. You know, they were debriefing, and David was telling me, people on the team were just wondering, man, was that even worth it? We didn't do anything. I mean, it, it didn't feel like, right? It didn't feel like they participated much. It didn't feel like they contributed a whole lot to what was happening. But, but it sounds like they arrived at this place where they realized, you know what? Even if they let us in to inhabit a place on this land, it was worth it. Because, yeah, maybe, maybe this government can shut down public prayer. Maybe they can shut down public worship. Maybe they can shut down public gathering. But they cannot stop the people of God from steading, setting foot and, and, and bringing blessing on this land with every step they take. And I love that. I love that story. Because what if our walking was the only thing that we had? Is it enough? And I love that because, because as, as Joshua and the people of God would go into the promised land and begin to walk in confidence in what the Lord told them, and these enemies started to be pushed out, this, this land started to form and this identity as the people of God, as the house of Israel, uh, began to take, to take shape. But we know that all of this is foreshadowing. The promised land is a foreshadowing of a new type of occupation we would find in Christ. That as, as, as they would come into a geographic location in Israel that was, that was supposed to be a place of blessing, a land flowing with milk and honey, it was this foreshadowing of, hey, one day there's going to be a place you will occupy in Christ that is a place of certainty, that is a place of safety, that is a place of security, that is a place of blessing and provision and joy and peace and all the resources you, all the resources you need. And in this new day, you won't have to get yourself to a land, but as you come into Christ, every place that you step will be loaded with those same resources. Jesus is our promised land. He, they're the promised land of Christ. Do you know how spacious Christ is? There's room enough for all of us. There's blessing enough for all of us. And so it changes the whole thing, right? Because now in Christ, everything flips and our mindset begins to flip where no longer are we trying to get to a specific location, but we get to say the location is in Christ. And if I am in Christ and he is in me, then everywhere I go is loaded with a blessing. What does it mean to be a gatekeeper in the house of God? What does it mean to be a person that flings open the the presence, the door to the presence of God? It's not about getting people to these doors back here. It's about knowing that Jesus is the door and we get to take the door with us in every place we go. 
This is, this is the reality in Christ. This is what we get to occupy. And this is what I believe God had in mind from the beginning when he created this earth. The whole earth was meant to be filled with the glory of God. Do you guys believe that? The whole earth is filled with the glory of God. And Isaiah declares that out. Holy, holy, holy. He hears the angels sing. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And even when, when, when the scripture talks about the Garden of Eden and how, how the, the Father fashioned a place for Adam and Eve to be in fellowship with him, it says that, that God would even walk the garden with them. That God would walk. And that even that Hebrew word for walk, there's the same word that they would use when it talks about God tabernacling or being in a in the temple with the activity that happened in the temple, the divine activity is the same thing. He walked in the garden and he would walk among his people to tabernacle with them. His intention all along were his for his presence and his glory to inhabit every square inch of this earth. And that's why I believe even when even when God would instruct Moses at the burning bush, even when God would instruct him to take off, this, take off your sandals because the ground you're standing on is now holy, I wonder, I wonder if in that moment he said that because all of a sudden the ground became holy. Or I wonder if he says, take off your sandals, because he was bringing Moses into awareness that, listen, the ground was, was holy before you ever knew it, and I'm bringing into a new awareness that the ground that you stand on is holy because I am holy. And it changes this, what sh- this should do for us who are in Christ, even more so. This should change the way we perceive what we get to do, and the places that we go, and the steps that we take, Right? Because what if we believed that every step we take is literally loaded up with significance and blessing? Our present, the presence of Christ is we are able to dwell in the neighborhoods and the places that God has given us. What if we believed that every place we went had potential for the kingdom of God to land in a new way? Are you guys with me on that? And really, for me, I've learned that that, that mission and living on mission isn't about doing things for God. I used to think that. Like, I need to go buy an airfare so I can go somewhere and do something important for God. Or I need to go on this specific outreach on this specific day so I can minister to somebody and do something important. And I think those are both, we should do both of those things, by the way. But over time, I, I've come to realize that mission is, is paying attention to and joining in on where God is already at work all around the world. It's developing eyes to see God at work in the places that our feet tread. Are you guys with me on that? And so one of the words, one of the practices um, that I believe is really important for us to even develop those eyes to see as the people of God that treat every step as sacred, every step as holy, is this whole idea of prayer walking. Have you guys heard of prayer walking? Anybody? It's not a specific phrase you're going to see in the Bible. Um, but it's an impulse that you'll see in the Bible. It's, it's, the, it's the, the heart of prayer walking is going on site to see with God's sight. It's going to places 
and, and choosing and, and, and praying in a way that we're able to welcome in the insight of heaven into that place that we occupy, okay? So yeah, you, we might not see that phrase prayer walking in the Bible. Don't let that throw you. The Bible also doesn't talk about praying with your eyes closed or praying like you look like you're in pain, right? Um, there's, there, you, the heart, though, the heart, though, of prayer is a fellowship with God. And the heart of walking is I am on the move as God is on the move. And we get to walk with them. And, and see, what happens is, we, I, I really believe for us as a community, there's a huge opportunity here. And, and again, we talked about this some in our, in our leadership team, that as we're continuing to grow in our understanding of what God is doing around the world and how to participate, there's practices that we can do and we can put in our tool belt to begin to enter into and lean into and develop eyes to see um, how God is actually, He is present in that work in ways that we very rarely able to see all the time. Do you guys realize that? We don't, when we show up, we don't try to get God to do something. We show up to what God's already doing. So when you go pray for the sick, you're not showing up to it. You're not showing up to get God to do something for you. You're showing up because God's heart has always been for healing for that person. When you're showing up to your neighbors and you're encouraging them in a place, you're not, you're not trying to initiate something as if God never cared about that. You're showing up being connected to the heart of God in that moment that existed before you were ever born. Okay? So you're joining in a story. And so that's the thing is when everyone starts talking about the mission of the church, what's the mission of the church? Listen, the, the, the church doesn't need a mission. God already has a mission. The church exists because the mission of God exists. The church is God's response to his own mission. God has a mission, and so he invents the church to go be his hands and feet to participate in the glory of the God covering all of the earth. That's why we're here. So we get to not just invent our own things. We get to join up with what God's already doing, and he's already moving. This is what he's doing. This is what he's always been doing. And we're just showing up, and we're pretty excited about it, aren't we? As if we just found out, as if it's a new thing. It's always a new thing because it's always unfolding. But we get to continue to take steps into this. So prayer walking, as we're going to talk about this over the next few weeks, prayer walking is a practice that declares every, everywhere my feet tread, I bring blessing. It's a starting place. It's a foundation. It's a trust. It's a belief that if, I, if we are houses and temples of the Spirit of God, that means that our lives are significant even in the places that we occupy, Right? Prayer walking is the act of joining God's presence with your place. It's a practice that wakes us up to where God is already at work so we can see how to join him there. Prayer walking is, 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 is learning how to walk as you pray and pray as you walk, allowing sights and sounds and smells to inform how we pray for a people and a place. Okay? It's going on location and being filled with the Father's heart for that location, praying with heavenly insight. And, and the reason why, why this is important is, first of all, this is something every one of you is qualified to do. All of us. All of us are qualified to go and to walk and to pray and to release the blessing of God wherever we go. All it takes is the ability to meditate on God and to release that. Does anybody meditate in this room? No? Does anybody worry? few of us? Okay. Because if, you, if you're good at worrying, then you're good at meditating. It's just you have to meditate on the right things, right? 
And that's what we get to do. We get to be filled with the mind of Christ and go as we walk, right? Something we can do any time and place. You don't have to wait for a service to begin or a service to end. You don't have to go get in your car to go somewhere. You get to look at the places that God has graced your feet with and be able to just declare his promises in that place. It's a practice that begins to help us become aware of what God is doing and where he's already present. And a really good question is, why wouldn't we just pray from home, though? Like, just get in my prayer closet. That's a biblical idea, right? I'm just going to get in my prayer closet. I'll pray from home. I don't need to go anywhere to pray. Well, what I would say to that is, I, I'm, I'm incredibly grateful that Jesus didn't just pray for us from heaven. That our biblical precedent for going to a place to inhabit a place, and to declare the blessings of God is because Jesus didn't just pray for our sorry souls from heaven. He left heaven and the comfort of his own throne and the comfort of everything given to him by the Father, and he decided to put on sweaty, dirty flesh and come and live and walk among us. Why? Because he loves us. Because he wanted to be with us. Because he wanted to see and smell and taste. He wanted to sense and experience and live with us what it's like to be here and to, to walk in the same places that we walk. That's what I love about Jesus is that Jesus never keeps a distance, a safe distance from us. He always goes to the ones he loves. He gets as close as he can. And so, and so the heart of the gospel is always to come close to the ones that he's filling filling our hearts, and he's, he's leading us to love. It's impossible to love from a distance. At some point, when we, our hearts really love, we start to eliminate the gap between us and the people that we're loving. Are you guys with me on that? One of my, one of my favorite stories on this, a few years ago when I was in Brazil, we, you know, a team from Vine Life went down to, to Brazil a couple years in a row and with Luisi and... and uh, and we walked this, this, this slum, these favelas that were just sprawl over these hills. And we, uh, we were told this story. And we got to meet this woman. Her name is uh, Ejmaya Williams. And uh, when she was in her late 60s, her husband died. And she felt this prompting of the Lord to go move into the most dangerous slum of all of Rio de Janeiro. Uh, and just establish a presence there. And obviously that was an interesting conversation between her and the Lord um, because she was highly not interested. Um, this is dangerous, drug-ridden. Um, this was not a place you want to be, especially a, you know, a female in, in, uh, you know, starting to get in your upper 60s. Uh, she did not want to do this, but the Lord started to fill her with compassion. And so she moves into this favela called Donna Marta and she doesn't know what to do. What, what is she going to do? Right? She just moves in, though, and she just, she just starts to trust, like, God, I'm going to be here. I'm going to establish. I'm going to establish an outpost here. And just by being present here, I'm trusting that you're going to establish your purposes within this, this slum or whatever you're wanting to do. And it was, a, it was not easy. She had death threats. She had guns pulled on her. She would lay in bed at night shaking in fear, begging God to let the compassion go so she could leave. And it just didn't. 
And so she just did what she knew how to do. She just walked day and night. She'd walk and she'd pray. She'd walk and she'd pray. She'd walk by homes and pray blessings over homes, over people. And then we come to find out over a course of like 10 to 12 years, that slum, it turns out, went from the most dangerous in Rio de Janeiro to the safest in all of Rio de Janeiro. And we don't know all of the, all, everything that went into that. We don't know all the other things behind the scenes that went into this huge transition. But we do know that a woman had a courage enough to say, I don't know what to do, but I'm going to trust that every step I take in this particular place, I'm going to claim for the kingdom of God. And I'm going to trust that the Spirit of God inside of me is enough to dismantle strongholds and principalities and lies and deception and anger and hatred and, and the spirit of death and the spirit of poverty. And she would walk and she would pray and she would walk and she would pray. And when she didn't want to do, she would walk some more and she would pray some more. She'd occupy this place in fellowship with the Godhead without any qualifications, mind you. Any qualifications, Right? that she would be present, and her presence enough was able to usher in a new season for this particular region of Rio de Janeiro. And this is what I love. There's something about being on location that opens up our heart to the people, to love people like God loves them. And my experience, even going on, you know, trips in other parts of the world, when I'm praying for the people here, maybe like, God gives me a few impressions, but it's always when I get on a plane and I go and my feet land in a particular area, all of a sudden when I start being with the people, there's something inside of me that opens up and says, oh man, I so sense God's heart for the people. And it's the same way for us. And the, the whole encouragement here for us today, as we become a people who occupy this front range region of Colorado, is that, is that we learn that the places we live, the places we work are not uh, inconsequential. Do you understand that God strategically placed you according to his sovereignty where you live right now? In your apartment complex, in your suburb, in your downtown loft, whatever it is, wherever it is that you live, God strategically placed you there to be a conduit of blessing, a conduit of light and love in a way that nobody else could. Nobody else occupies that space away like you do. Anybody? And I'm longing, and I think we're longing, I know that you long for this too, to see a day where we're not just asking that our Sunday mornings spill out into our everyday life, but we're, we're going to look for a time where our everyday life starts to spill out into our Sunday mornings. Where the glory of God that we begin to encounter and the love and the compassion that we begin to be filled with for the people that we live with and the people we walk among becomes so great that we actually get to bring the testimony of the glory of God back to a gathering to say, oh my gosh, I can't wait to get away from this gathering to go back to the place I live because God is just exploding in my neighborhood right now. Do you guys long for that? Do we want that? This is what we're invited into. This is what we get to do. See, when we come and we worship and we share this space together, it's really important because we do, there's a corporate sense of the presence of God that we get to share together. 
And as we worship, there's something special as the people of God who are carriers of the presence of God are able to share a space like this. But part of the reason for it, though, is, is that we're practicing, we're learning what the presence of God looks like and tastes like so that we can also recognize it when we go home. Do you guys see that? What we're doing here is not just good enough to stay here. It's training ground for all the places that we go. One of my friends, Shannon, I love that she... she uh, recently she, she, she's been getting involved at her daughter's school over in Erie. A new school is being built there, and, and she's been learning about the school, and she said that when she went to the groundbreaking of this new uh, facility, she said she felt the presence of God at the groundbreaking of this new facility. She felt the presence of God at a groundbreaking of a school. And what that meant to her was God is at work here and maybe in me, God is wanting me to dig my feet and to actually like get involved, to be present, to be a part of this new thing that's happening. And she's beginning to fill with a new imagination for what it looks like to participate in the presence of God in a new school that's starting up in Erie. See, that's how it works. When you become familiar with the presence of God, it is a training that allows you to see him in places that you never thought you would see him before. And this is, this is, this is the act, this is the, this is the practice of being present with God as we live and as we walk and as we discern. Are you guys, are you guys still with me here? So, so here's, here's a couple things that I want to encourage us here today. And even, for, this is kind of the do, this is the response, all right? And this is what I'm going to, we're inviting each other into even this next week because it's something every one of you can participate in and you don't have to go anywhere, specific, all right? You don't have to show up at a certain time. You get to do this however it looks for you. This week, I want to I I issue a challenge for us. I want to issue a challenge for us to begin to prayer walk around maybe your neighborhood, maybe your workplace, but wherever your feet will tread this day, I want you to pick a place that you begin to set aside some time and maybe just as you're walking, all you're doing, the assignment this week is just this. As you pray and as you walk, just become aware of the presence of God in your neighborhood. Just ask God, God, show me how present you are right here. Show me how pre- It might not even look like anything is changing or anything's happening, but God, show me. Put me in touch with your heart for what's happening in this neighborhood. And I want to, as you do that this week, as you do this, I want you to pay attention and start to notice the types of things that begin to happen in your heart, okay? Now, you can do this by yourself. You can do this with your spouse or with your entire family. You can just, just take an afternoon. We're going to walk around the neighborhood. We're going to do a lap. Maybe it's just a block. Maybe it's the entire thing, right? Um, maybe it's your apartment complex if, if you live in an apartment or your condo or whatever. But just do some laps, right? Just do some laps, and just begin to ask God, God, I'm not sure if I'm always aware of your presence, but God, would you help me become aware of your presence in ways I haven't seen before in this place? And begin to notice, take notice of what begins to turn in your heart. Do you get excited when you think about your neighborhood? Does your heart begin to break when you think about your neighborhood? Do you begin to get in touch with maybe what some of your neighbors are walking through? Loneliness or depression or heartache? Take note of that. Write it down. Maybe the Holy Spirit would even show you one house 
and just highlight one house that will be a target of blessing for you over the summer. That you can just say, God, I'm going to speak. Let us know. You can even send me an email, luke at vinelife.com. I promise I won't delete it. Luke at vinelife.com. I might not respond to it, but I won't delete it. Luke at vinelife.com. Send me. Just, just let, let us know that you've done a prayer walk. Maybe you did it once or twice or three times this week. That's it, okay? That's the assignment this week, and to pay attention. And we're going to even, we'll welcome you guys to share some stories even next week as you begin to pay attention to where God's at work. But here's, here's what I want to do today for us in this room on Pentecost Sunday. I'm just filled with this, this, um, this sense here today that God is inviting us back into this recognition that the ground we stand on is holy. The ground that we stand on is holy. Yeah, this ground, but the ground, God's earth is, is holy because he is holy. And, and so here's what I want to do. Um, if you're able to, I'm going to kick off my shoes. Okay, I know that's kind of dangerous maybe for some of you. I'm going to kick off my shoes uh, just as a sign to say, like, God, I don't want to live as if my steps don't matter. I don't want to walk as if it's inconsequential. God, remind me this week that, we're, that we live in the presence of your holiness, of a holy God, and you're moving and you're at work. Maybe you didn't kick off your shoes and just, if you can, some of you might even want to put your hands on your feet, but, or just put your hands on your legs or something like that. We're going to pray for the places we walk this week and just and, and believe together that God is anointing us. He's called you. He's called you to be an agent of blessing. So, Father, I thank you, Lord Jesus, for every foot in this place, God. Every foot in this place, Lord Jesus. Even the ones that might be in pain right now, the ones that we've doubted, Lord God, the places we walk out. I thank you for every foot in this place and every place that we tread. Isaiah 52, 7 says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Lord God, I thank you, Jesus, that, that your feet bring good news, readied with the gospel of peace. And I thank you today, Lord Jesus, even for those of us, Lord God, who have kicked off shoes, Lord Jesus, I thank you, Father, that you're reacquainting us with your holiness, Lord God. And I pray even this week in the places our feet tread, Lord Jesus, that there would be divine encounters, if not just in our neighborhood, inside of us, Lord God, that we become in tune in, in your heart and your compassion with the people that we live with and the neighbors that we live beside, Lord God. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that the places that we go, Lord God, you have assigned us to go, Lord Jesus, that we are joining you where you're at work, Lord God. And I thank you for testimonies and stories to open up of your glory to cover our neighborhoods all across this front range in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus come on in the name of Jesus we thank you Jesus amen thank you father so sorry if uh, there were some side effects of taking off your shoes there 
But hey, listen, guys, this is, this, is, this is awesome for us. This is a fun time for us as we come into summer months. This is the stuff we get to do. Listen, in a couple weeks, Ray Hughes is going to be here on Father's Day. It'll be your yearly dose of redneck. That's all you'll need for the next year. If you don't know who Ray Hughes is, he's a wonderful gift, a speaker from, uh, from the South, and he's coming uh, uh, here to Vine Life. He'll be sharing on Father's Day. Um, but we're going to be in and out of just talking about what, what it looks like to walk and pray. And so the, today as we leave, I'm just going to ask um, this morning, ministry team, come forward. Uh, and we're going to end the service with a, a chance to pray. And you'll see on the, on the screen um, in front of you some different physical conditions. And uh, yeah, we're, we're going to do that in a second. Okay, yeah. One of the announcements that we missed this next Saturday, Elena DePoris, who's one of our missionary partners in Juarez, she's going to be doing a luncheon on this coming Saturday, a women's brunch, uh, I think, believe, back in the theater. So ladies, you can get some more information on that at vinelife.com. Um, but yeah, as, as we leave today, if you, have any, uh, if, if you have any needs to be prayed for, come up front. The ministry team would love to pray for you. The rest of you, as you step out of this place, every step you take, go with the blessing of God. Love you guys. We'll see you soon.